Welcome to another edition of Wander Amuse, the podcast dedicated to giving creators a platform to share their stories, creations, and tips. I'm your host, Heather Wolpern, and today's guest is Lex Jurassic. Hi, Heather. Hello, hello. Before we get started, go ahead and do me a favor by subscribing to Wander Amuse with Heather podcasts and follow Wander Amuse on Facebook and YouTube. Find the links at Wander and Muse. World. And while you're listening today, pop over to LexJurassic.com so you can take a look at Lex's artwork. That is L-E-X-G-J-U-R-A-S-I-C.com. Hello there, Lex. How's your day going? Going good. I just hit up an estate sale and I'm high as a kite. I love a good hoarder and I, discovering their stuff. I know. I called a friend and I said, are you at work? And she's like, yep. And I said, oh, there's an estate sale by your house, girl. And she was like, send me pics. <laughs> I'm like, I will send you pics. So were you a personal shopper for her? No, I didn't personally shop, but I told her she wasn't going to miss out on anything because there were five, five of everything that I bought. That's wild. I know. It was wild. All right, so I told people to head over to LexDrastic.com so they can see your artwork, but go ahead and tell people a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm a visual artist, originally from Seattle, and um, actually I'm about to have my 10-year anniversary in Tucson on Thanksgiving. really? Yes, it's the longest I've lived anywhere besides Seattle. Wow. And uh, yeah, I've just... It really feels like home. We love it here. So yeah. it's a great place to live and be an artist and make art. Exactly. So you're born and raised in Seattle. Yes. That's fantastic. So what a big change, though, coming from the rain of Seattle to the constant sun oh, of Tucson. It's a blessing. Yeah, I love it, too. I love it because in Seattle, the rain is an oppressive force. And in Tucson, you get to celebrate the rain. I know. And run outside and be like, it's raining. Isn't like an that idiot. The truth? <laughs> I know. I know. I remember when I went to Boston University, the day I decided to leave was I was walking through dirty slush. <laughs> and then it was starting to do this like cold, bone chilling rain. And mm -hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. Where is it sunny and warm all the time? And then I transferred out to the University uh, it's, of Arizona. It's a wonderful here. I mean, I do meet a lot of native Tucsonans who are like, oh, the Pacific Northwest sounds wonderful. For a weekend. The sure. rain <laughs> sounds great. And I just, when I see photos up north, right. I go, I just feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is gorgeous. I've been out to like Squim. Oh, Squim's and, lovely. Yeah, and Forks where, you know, yeah, we, we weren't twilight and we weren't a twilight family but we're like you know let's go check out oh yeah totally you know was where their love bloomed <laughs> let's go see it that's hilarious and then part of that upbringing uh did include the cornish college of arts well i only went there for a year but did it make an influence for you though i it gave me debt Oh, <laughs> no, the reason why I asked was because when I was going through your bio and I saw that, I was like, well, that's interesting because I interviewed Wolf Boart and he went to Cornish. Did he? Yeah. That is, I had no idea. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Well, he's probably more of a prestigious alumni. I'm more of a, well, I got accepted when I was 15. So I was accepted at a young age. I went there for a year and, uh, but I consider myself a self-taught artist. Right. My 
process is more focused on like me honing my own vision than it is getting feedback and right. having critiques. Right. But Wolf is pretty he's pretty special yeah yeah he's like extraterrestrial i yeah, would say in the best way possible yeah for sure and then brendan fraser did you know that oh I, I was about to say <laughs> that he won the academy award the whale. Right? god the bless whale. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean he's a dreamboat so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i think when it comes to education with art my personal belief is that it is good to learn those basics mm -hmm to really get to know, you know, balance, design, colors, art history. So then you can break it and make it your own. Yeah. But I think it's good to have that foundation. Well, I grew up in a pretty artistic household and I was really allowed, I was given the tools and the materials and told I could do whatever I wanted with them. Mm -hmm. Like there was really no bounds mm -hmm. um, or instruction. And so I, Watching artists in my life growing up, I really noticed that they struggled with like business aspects right. and they more or less just went into like teaching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just saw that like being an artist had limitations. And so for me, I ended up going after Cornish to Seattle Central Community College uh -huh. just down the street. And I got certified in arts management, which right. is basically like the business side of things. Business side or like more like a nonprofit, a lot of nonprofit okay. management. Mm -hmm. So then I noticed I had a knack for like marketing. Right. And like self-promotion. And it really helped build me up in other ways that I think that if I had stayed in just like a purely academic setting, I right. probably wouldn't have been able, you know, I would have gotten a degree and then sure. And like, and now I, what? Now I'm a teacher. I guess I'll teach the, teach what I know. Exactly. So. Yeah, well, good for you. And I, that's part of the reason why I even do this podcast, because I know that, generally speaking, artists sometimes do have a hard time getting uh, the publicity for the artwork that they're doing. And yeah. so this is yet another way to get their name. And their yeah, it's like there. a necessary evil, like you have to do it. But like, I don't think like being a purist of what an artist is, I don't feel like we should have to do that. But exactly. it's the it's the capitalist society we live in. It is. It's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit more. Uh, you, you said that you're a visual artist, but go a little bit deeper into what you think about when you're creating your artwork and describe your artwork a little bit. Well, I've always been inspired by where I live or the environment around me, um, but my work really, I feel, transformed itself during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I really found uh, myself exploring like a certain shape, these flower mounds and right. flowers. And because my home life, my domestic life with my child and my spouse and my art studio and my art life are one and the same, mm -hmm. I manage them the same. The, in the same environment and mm -hmm. then the pandemic had that environment even more confined right i was able to um, work longer hours and really concentrate more and so the work that came out of it is um, based around the concept of radical happiness finding joy choosing to find mm -hmm. happiness in the face of these challenging times right. or oppressive forces right 
And with the, the mounds that you were talking about, when you read your description about it in a little more depth, you realize that what appears to be these brightly colored, happy little flowers are, really yeah, they're creepy. a little more they're depth creepy. to it. So talk a little bit more about <laughs> no, that. No, I always tease them like, uh, people are like, oh, your work's so happy. I'm like, is it? <laughs> I find it a little Looks creepy. Can be deceiving. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely a tears of a clown kind of person. But when I am mm. working, I'm definitely working through like my own personal mm -hmm. stuff. Sure. Art <laughs> therapy for sure. Definitely. And when I teach, help. Uh, kids or teenagers, I definitely bring that therapeutic aspect to it. Definitely. And with the art therapy, do you feel that you have more of a release through painting versus through something more sculptural? Do you feel like there's a difference at all? Uh, I mean, I feel like I can go equally deep, but for me, if I can get into an obsessive groove, Mm -hmm. of doing the same thing over and over again and I do it so much to the point that it like slightly changes and I'm like oh, I just know I'm in the zone yeah. I feel this little breakthrough mm -hmm. and then I just keep going like I don't know feels most akin to like maybe jogging I wouldn't know I've never jogged <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's what jogging's like I wouldn't know either. I would. <laughs> I've tried it before but yeah, no yeah I, it's definitely there's like a meditative quality mm -hmm. and I don't know if it like gets me anywhere in my personal development but <laughs> it, it provides relief I mean yeah. I'm not doing any other harmful behaviors as a result Bravo. Thank you. <laughs> or harmful behaviors I care to share at this moment. Fantastic. <laughs> That's really good to hear. So you've been doing these brightly colored flowers a lot lately, and you've been through, you know, other modalities of things you've been working on. And you talked about how nature inspires you, but what else inspires you when you make these shifts to an you know. plastic and garbage right yeah. <laughs> I I feel like if you as an artist aren't using something of reclaimed or recycled mm. element in this day and age you're really missing the mark right but I definitely am inspired by like little bits of things and stuff and junk and like <laughs> right. <laughs> treasures right exactly. estate sale treasures yes and with those enormous flowers you made where a pool noodle is the main stem. Yes. Did you see the pool noodle oh. first and think that'd oh, make a great big flower stem? A hundred percent. Okay, I was curious. I, about maybe the not directly egg. a flower stem, but right. like you know, when you are at home as an artist, like when you're at Home Depot and you're walking through, everything yeah. is like oh, potential, spray potential, foam. Potential. I could yeah. use that or oh, well, because I just always try to think. <laughs> this might sound wild, but I try to think about like um, how things would be if we weren't confined to the society we have. Like mm -hmm. if military jets were used, that technology was used in a joyful way. Mm -hmm. Or if building supplies weren't building supplies, they were conduits for creativity. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like trying to uh recontextualize sure. things so that spin. yeah i mean i think that is the nature of going to estate sales right. is, and garage sales and like to the vision for what it could be exactly mm -hmm. you have to imagine it outside the context of a definitely of a murder shed 
Exactly. And not everyone has that vision. Like you and no, I. No, there are have people that definitely like I cannot vision, but so many people they're like, How did you come up with that idea? I'm like, How did you not come up with that yeah, idea? You're like everybody's different. Well, and I think that plays into because you know, they always say like if you can visualize something into you can it can Make you can it, visualize yeah. yeah, into existence. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm like trying to imagine something, I come up with that inspiration and then start on that path and then quickly throw it away mm -hmm. and let it become what it needs to become. I like that. I like that. So I remember it's been a little bit, maybe a year or so, but I remember being really impressed that you had a piece of artwork at Meow Wolf. I yeah. thought that was so yeah. cool. We it, is, about that. I, it is on the resume, the yeah, old resume. I remember, I um, that's so awesome. It was really awesome. Uh, they approached me and asked if they could um, license images of my work and animate to animate. And I, of course, said yes. And so they were working on um, uh, the uh, Denver location. Mm -hmm, and right. so those pieces became like you can actually interact with the animation inside of a big spore. Right. So it's like a large spore with like a touch screen that not just my work, but other artists as well okay. have in there. So Is it still there? Yes. Yeah, part of the permanent. Permanent. I've never gone because it was during the pandemic. So I haven't been there to actually oh. see it. So. Oh my gosh, I you have know. to go. Have you been to any of the Meow Wolves before? I've been to the Santa Fe one mm -hmm. um, when it had opened, but they were in between. They were refreshing yeah. it. So I had gone on like a tour because my friend in Santa Fe worked with someone mm, gotcha. at a dispensary. Uh -huh. right. <laughs> and he also was one of the artists. And so uh, we got like a little backstage. Oh, that's cool. In, yeah, which as an artist, that is kind of more what you want. That you want to be cool. on the inside because you're just going to be trying to figure out like, exactly. how this came together. Exactly. And then speaking of people finding you, uh, Arizona Governor Hobbs, yep. Yep. talk about well, that. Kathleen Marie Hobbs. I is, love that you is, I'm a, Well, I'm a big fan, of course, and a supporter of hers. And so, yeah, someone reached out to me from How their office. How did they office. find you? I, I, I assume through social media. Okay. And they were looking for artists that really embodied this new era of politics right. in Arizona um, that could create a, some imagery for a collaboration and that wasn't focused on a um, an election campaign or a issue mm -hmm. that was inclusive and I said I'm your man that's awesome yeah it was really not it was really cool what an honor yeah I, I mean it's nice it's just been nice to move here and have the state slowly turn blue. Not to get too political, but I feel like I did that. It was me. And then I certainly don't want to forget to mention your next show at Five Points. I've shown a few times at Five Points in the past, and the most recent time was right when the pandemic started. So I'd had work up for a few weeks, and then they were like, hey, we're going to have to close. Right, right. And you should probably come get your art. And mm -hmm. so it kind of was like a Ugh. start and a stop situation. Right. 
And so it's just really nice to come full circle and be yeah. able to hang work created during the pandemic at Five Points. Right. And, um, you know, it's, oh, it's always a lovely place to eat. It's a lovely people that yeah. come there are lovely. It's the food all, is consistent. The light is good. nice. Yeah. So it it's always. Exposed bricks. Yeah. It'll be a great backdrop for exactly. your colorful artwork. Yeah. So it all just like, I don't know, there's like a definite, definite synergy mm -hmm. at, with art at Five Points. Yeah. That there's definitely I a good vibe there. there. Yeah, yeah, I and think then, it suits your work. Yeah, it suits the work, and they're at, they're gonna like have they want to do a little party, so there'll be a little party. And I said, can you make some flower cocktails? Mocktails? Oh yeah, yeah. And they were like, totally. So sweet. There'll be like some little special things there. And that's November fourth. November fourth, mm -hmm. from five to seven. And five points is at seven fifty six North Stone, just south of downtown Tucson, Arizona. And the show will be up, though, through January 2nd. So yes. that's a nice amount of time on the walls. And it's great for the amount of labor it takes to hang art. Yes. It's right. nice to have it just not be in my house for a And everything bit. will be for sale? Everything's for sale. Fantastic. <laughs> Ooh, good luck with all of that. Thank you. Yeah. Are there times where you just you're just not in the mood to paint or how do you get yourself kind of your button gear to stay motivated and stay focused and create something? Well, I think about my childhood trauma and that gets me real inspired. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, um, you know, I've really structured my life to maximize my time in the studio. Um, I am very disciplined as an artist. Mm -hmm. uh, I've heard, I don't wait for the muse to inspire me. I am ready to work all the time. So you've made it a true habit where it's... Yeah. Where... How much time do you spend a day or a week or how do you... I probably spend eight hours a day oh, working on fantastic. something. Yeah, I do get like a little burned out around like three o'clock. Sure, well, don't we all? And then I, watch, like, let's, then I watch Let's Make a Deal and I sure. get, get re-inspired. <laughs> I when I watch Let's Make a Deal, I'm like, how do I get a job making those zonks? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's someone out there like making spaghetti, yeah, sp large spaghettis, spaghetti beds. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So I spend a lot of time focused, and then at some point, like throughout the day, I I have less attention to detail, and I do start to burn out, and right, and then I just make dinner <laughs> well uh, yeah well you need a break but that that's great that you are definitely disciplined and you're doing it for that amount every day and that's why you are found by people and that's why you get grants and that sort of thing i would assume that yeah. they all of that work pays off did you want to talk a little bit about you know maybe either some of the grants you've had or even tips you have for people out there where they're like gosh i could really use a grant well <laughs> i i do feel like um, uh, I do give the advice a lot of times for people that uh, maybe can't structure their lives to be solely focused on art mm -hmm. and don't have that luxury or privilege. Yes. I do. I definitely tell people like, get a job where you are working and making ends meet, but you're not tapping out all your creative right. energy. Right. And uh, maybe it plays into your process in some way, but you're not you know, using it all up, giving mm -hmm. it away. And so for, for me, I, you know, it's not like I just 
arrived at like getting grants. Getting grants has been a recent thing. Um, I definitely think that me as an artist at this point in my career really is appealing to the grant process because I've worked so long and hard because I'm so old. Stop. <laughs> Don't say that when I'm older than you are. <laughs> no, but there's like something to be said. Like yeah, I'm not right. just je little Emma on the scene. <laughs> No offense to Emma's out, out there, there yeah, but the there were scene. no Emma's in grade school for me. I'm a Jennifer scene kind of crowd. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I definitely feel like, you know, um, as an artist, like, there's something to be said about, like, doing it at mm -hmm. all costs and doing it consistently mm -hmm, through your sure. life. Um, and so, yeah, uh, for me, I just kind of create small goals where I'm like, oh, you know, I want to have gallery representation in these different cities mm -hmm. and then doing that and then mm -hmm. going, okay, maybe I, I, I would like to get a grant. I mean, for me, I applied for two other grants at the city level mm -hmm. and didn't get those by a very small margin. Mm -hmm. And then the Arts Foundation um, suggested that I apply for one at the state level and I got that. Okay. So it... There were, you know, it was like, it, there was a bit of grit and persistence sure. and rewriting and rewriting. Sure. Yeah. And now I have a sense of it and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> no, but then it's like, I've never done an artist you. residency or I've, exactly. there's lots of things I've never done and maybe it's not right for me or it may not be the right time. You don't have to do everything all at once, but you just create these small goals and mm -hmm just pursue them. And your reach seems really good. I mean, at the Getty in Los Angeles and works in New but Mexico. But that's just stuff that happened over time. Right. The right. piece that's at the Getty was a video piece I made when I was 17 in wow. high school. And then it was like probably three, four years ago that I got an email from Miranda July's archive saying, hey, this video you made as a teenager is going to be part of her permanent collection at the Getty. And I was like, add it to the resume. It doesn't matter if you did it at 17, but the fact right. is at 17, I was doing things yes. and putting myself out there. And it's weird to see something from your childhood, basically, right. Right. contribute to your adulthood. It's mm -hmm. just a, that's that's yeah. not something I saw coming. Right, exactly. And that's why it's so important to just keep putting one foot in front of the next. And that's why my yeah. logo is a labyrinth because you're not going to get lost. You just need to keep moving yeah, yeah, forward yeah. and yeah. you're going to reach your goal. Yeah. And for me, it's like, you know, I always consider making, I always define making art for me as like the one, when people talk about blind faith, this mm -hmm. is like the one thing I do with blind faith. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why I got to do it. So I do it and I feel like the reason I'm doing it is like this, un, one of the great mysteries. Right, right. You know, like I'm doing it and who knows why. Yeah, I know. People keep asking me why I even do this podcast and it makes me think, why am I doing this yeah, podcast? But you, but you have that I, intuition yeah. to like push it forward. Right. Yeah. it's because Also, you enjoy it. I do. I was going to say, I do enjoy it's it. Play. I love giving people a platform to share their stories. And I, I just think it's interesting just to see what, you know, makes people. Well, tick. I think having curiosity about mm. people is a dying <laughs> virtue. Right. No, I, I, 
And the fact that we're sitting here face to face, even, I That's mean, it'd be weird. fine to do a Zoom. We could have done it on Zoom. We could have, but how nice. Well, actually. I got to say, your house is nice. Anytime <laughs> I get an invite, <laughs> I'm like pretty excited. I was like, you know, we're going to your place. So, uh, what is like your big, big dream? Like, whether it be a celebrity who buys your artwork or a gallery you're in or just something or a TV show that you're on? I mean, what, what's like your big, like, well, I, I've noticed recently that artists that get museum shows often have some sort of uh, performance art component. Hmm. And like, I feel like that's kind of a selling point, to put it crudely, hmm. like that you're getting not just like stuff for the walls and sculptures, you're getting like a moment, a vibe. And so I was like, I've, I always create, in my mind, there's a parallel between art and stand-up comedy oh yeah yeah that both you're allowed to do whatever you want in both of those atmospheres True. given the context True. and it's up to the audience to tell you if you failed oh, God. <laughs> right like it, you you can i feel like you can there's no like cancel culture with either of those right. it's just if the audience Anything doesn't found you funny mm -hmm. that's what it is if the art isn't successful then then maybe you shouldn't have done that I was gonna do a little stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I have done it in the past. Have you done the open mic nights like that Priscilla Fernandez does with the I have, lady I've, ha -ha and... I've attended the um an event at Laughs that Nancy Stanley hosts. Okay. And so yeah, I was like, well, if I did performance art, it would be. I less about like getting naked right, right, and right. dipping myself in paint and sure. more of, which I've I always do. wanted to actually I did do that <laughs> <laughs> happy anniversary <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would like to do like because my work is all about joy and mm -hmm. humor and yeah, happiness and true. I'd love to be and you're right to. about the correlation between stand-up comedy and art because there's a vulnerability by putting yourself getting on stage and, yeah. and not only, knowing how it'll be received and but you're you, doing it yeah and if you take both out of the context of the uh comedy club and the gallery and put them in you know grandma's house at christmas time or <laughs> at the you know the football game it may not go over well. <laughs> that's what i'm that's the research I'm doing right now right so. but you're right i mean you want to get a reaction whether someone absolutely despises it or absolutely loves it if they're just like meh well, that's when you're like oh i haven't succeeded because they don't even care i have an ability to um not have fear in front like public speaking fear mm -hmm. and i don't feel embarrassment or shame i mean it's possible but not in the context of like performance yeah that's great. because i was a child beauty queen you were oh yeah that's I, what's I, true. I was a winner i was a winner wow and so as a result i think of that experience at You're a young age yeah that i'm like oh yeah. like maybe i'll get a little like nerves before something but i'm like oh if i just stay loose and have fun yeah then yeah once i start to speak i'm fine it's the <laughs> before it's my turn and my pits are sweating but then yeah, yeah but it just tell speak, yourself I'm like fine. just be like yeah. the looser you yeah. stay Totally. That's fine. I can apply this to like public speaking, but like when it comes to like regular life, I don't. That's interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, right. like yeah, well, anxiety. I'm like anxious 
I'm anxious. Like some people get social anxiety. I get like parking anxiety. Like <laughs> where am I going to park? I texted a friend last night to a place I've gone a million times being like, where should I park? Oh, that's interesting. Yes. You need to get to the root of that. <laughs> I, literally, I literally just flashed on the childhood trauma. I just went right wow. to the point. Thanks for being my therapist. I don't need you anymore, Linda. I have Heather. She got me to the source quicker. No, I still need Linda. That's Amazing. hilarious. All right. So give me three adjectives of how you want to be remembered. <laughs> no, I want to be remembered. Um, As a bad parker or anxious parker. No, I'm very good at parking. I, I, I was listening to a different podcast and they mm -hmm. said, your personal style, you should have three words for your personal mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. And that when you buy new clothes, that like they should fit into that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is my personal style? And I was like, artsy, grandma, freeware. So that probably applies to my art too. Yeah. Like, what's your personal? What would you say? Um, creative comfortable <laughs> you're like uh, pajamas comfy. <laughs> comfy i've seen all your clothes you've gotten rid of and at a clothing exchange and i've taken home your clothes and then been like i'm Heather Walborn. look at me <laughs> well i identify as a thin blonde <laughs> but I'm not. yeah but that's all it takes is thin blonde energy you're like Ma'am, I am hungry, <laughs> but I refuse to eat. Give me the job. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up then. Okay, shall do we? it. But thank you so much. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Lex Jurassic. Remember to go to L E X G J U R A S I C dot com to check out Lex's work. You will love it, guaranteed. And thank you so much for listening today. Remember to check out wanderandmuse.world. And there you can find my podcast links and some of the other things I've been working on. And please feel free to email me at heather at wanderandmuse.world for post-read sponsorship opportunities or to be a guest. And please go ahead and subscribe to my Wander and Muse with Heather on YouTube and my podcast channels. Go ahead and create something special today. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.